0: Hello everybody and welcome to Into the Pray, breaching the chaos of the church with Nick and Mary Franks. I'm sorry of, to begin with this morning just because of my voice, it's slightly ropey. Um, nonetheless, um, if I was to do a podcast every time, my voice was absolutely perfect I probably wouldn't ever record. So anyway, I'm sorry that you're not having to listen to a slightly bunged up version of it this morning. I want to just record something that occurred to me um, very strongly last night, just as I was turning the light out and felt or recognized the, recognised the Holy Spirit. Um, there's a song called Only by Grace that I remember singing as a child in church growing up. Some of you listening will have heard it, I'm sure. And I was reminded of the of the song last night at the end of the day, having seen the accounts from Turkey and Syria and the borders thereof of the of the earthquake yesterday and the number the escalating number of people who were killed and buried and um or injured, you know. The number is set at the minute as over four thousand, and I expect that will probably grow. Um, but I was reminded of these words, and I'm not going to sing it for, for the reasons I've just mentioned about my voice. But the the verse is, you'll see what I'm, I mean by this in just a moment. But the the verse is only by grace can I enter, only by grace can I stand. Not by our human endeavour, but by the blood of the Lamb. Into your presence you call us, you call us to come. And into your presence you draw us, and now by your grace we come. Now by your grace we come. The chorus then says, Lord, if you marked our transgressions, who would stand Thanks to your grace, we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Lord, if you marked our transgressions, who would stand? Thanks to your grace, we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. When I saw buildings collapsing yesterday in Turkey and Syria, and um, watching that happen before you, it was a little bit, it was reminiscent of 9 11 in some ways, although in, in other ways it was more shocking because um, of the scale of the collapse. But the the phrase struck me again who would stand? Who would stand? And how, you know, how fragile and how flimsy. And insecure each of us are, not by the not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. And that this dangerous quake with the Richter scale of just under eight, but that the depth of it being a shallow, a more shallow depth quake has more devastating effect on the surface. And just how, in in relative terms, just how gentle the quake was, just how fleeting it was, and yet it causes such widespread collapsing. It makes me think of verses like, at the, at the end of time, men's hearts will faint for fear, and for, as, as to regards to what's coming upon the earth. But as I remember the lyrics of this song, only by grace can I end, only by grace can I stand. Lord, if you marked our transgressions, who would stand? The emphasis of the song, of course, is the grace of God, but specifically the blood of the Lamb. Not by our human endeavour, but by the blood of the Lamb. Thanks to your grace, we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Who would stand? If you're listening to me this morning and you know Jesus, you're in Christ. You were covered by the blood of the Lamb. In fact, you are marked. As it says in Ephesians 1.13, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. That's, that's what these lyrics are evocative of, that scriptural reality and spiritual truth. The, the, the engagement, as it were, the down payment of the Spirit of God, which is for when? The day of redemption. And on that day of redemption, who would stand? The only ones that will stand, the only ones in, inversely that won't, that won't collapse... The only ones will be those who are marked like a firebrand, marked, covered by the blood of the Lamb. And if you're in Christ this morning, hallelujah, if you're not in Christ, I'd urge you, please turn to Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Turn to the historical reliability of the scriptures that point to the undisputed, unrefutable reality that Jesus walked on the earth and that after 33 years he suffered the Roman death on a cross which marred him, smashed him, marked him beyond human recognition, that he would fulfill all prophecy, that he would fulfill all messianic detail, and that three days later his flesh would see no decay, and that he would, Psalm 16, and that he would exit the Jewish tomb that he had been put into with a resurrected body, And that during the course of 40 plus days he would reveal himself to his friends, to his family, even to those who had doubted him. And that he then ascended in glory with the promise that it was to our advantage that he went, that the spirit of God would be sent to lead us into all truth. And that he would come again just as he had left in the clouds of the sky. And when you see news reports in Turkey and Syria, and you see these buildings collapse, and you see the skyline, you see the clouds in the sky, and you think of the Messiah coming, you think of what is going to come upon the earth before he returns. And what would it be like on the earth, not only as a believer at the time, but as an unbeliever? I urge you to turn to the Romans' one reality of looking at the clouds in the sky and the testimony that they are of the existence of God. I urge you to call upon Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, knowing that he died for you on a cross, that by his blood you might be covered and that by his blood that you might stand. Who would stand? The The only standing is in... The blood of the lamb, the only standing, the only avoiding of collapse will be being marked by the blood of the lamb. And if you're in Christ this morning, I want to encourage you that the travail that is upon the church in terms of the trauma to our personal preferences is Ramping, it's escalating, it's intensifying. It's like the birth pains that Jesus prophesied in Matthew twenty-four. They are increasing in intensity and they are decreasing in that they're increasing intensity, but they're also increasing in their frequency. And as such, the people of God, those who would stand, those who will stand, those who are marked by the blood of the Lamb, are having were upon them, as it were, an imperative to submit to his lordship, and his lordship is one of preparation, his lordship is one of refinement and sanctification unto the splendour of those who would stand presented as a bride to Christ at the end of the age. And I want to encourage you, if your behaviours at this time are not linked to humility, if they're not linked to, conversely, into a sense of Um, trauma and upset, the kind of emotions that you might experience as a woman in birth at that time. Those of you who've given birth, listening to me, will understand what that's like, or men perhaps, if you've witnessed that, you will understand the trauma and the pain. That's what it's going to be like upon the earth. The creation groans, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. There is a groaning and Paul had said so clearly, didn't he, that he considered this present suffering not worth comparing to the future glory that will be revealed. And that future glory will be revealed ultimately to those who would stand. I remember just thinking of some physical training when you've been injured with an inability to stand, whether through a knee injury or an ankle injury or maybe something in your spine one of the things that you are often put through to rehab is work with a fitball, a fitball being just a simple inflated ball of whatever it's made from. And the point of that is that it, it, it puts your body through simulated stresses against standing. In other words, the kind of forces that would be apparent in an earthquake that we saw yesterday and if you sit on a football and try and do sit-ups, it simulates additional stress, additional force. Or if you try and stand up with a football behind you and do some squats, and there, there, is a, there is a kind of simulation of additional stress or additional instability in the surface in which you stand. And I think that's what's going on in the church. You know, I'll give you an example this morning. About the way that people often storm into your life and storm out of your life as it suits them, evidently, apparently at the drop of a hat, at a whim, but often covered over and spoken of as though it was the Holy Spirit's leading. Let me say to you: if the Holy Spirit leads you to people, if the Holy Spirit leads you to walk into somebody's life, he's never going to leave you, lead you to just storm out of their life as though he'd never led you to to walk into their life. Let me give you an example. When Peter was led to the household of Claudius, it resulted in something monumentally important for the household of Claudius. But not only the household of Claudius, it resulted in something monumental happening in Peter. An understanding of the wider purposes of God, the covenant of grace, the additional sheepfold that Jesus spoke of in John 17, blowing Peter's Jewish mind, worldview, understanding of scripture, etc. When the Holy Spirit leads us, he doesn't lead us into people's lives to pick up a few bits of this, that or the other and then storm out of their lives when said treasures are gathered. He leads us into all truth he leads us into ultimately into John 15 fruitfulness and I want to just put my finger on this before I finish about this thing of who would stand what is God doing by way of trauma not only in the earth but also within his people it's that he wants his people to understand the preciousness of what it means to be in Christ with fellow believers who believe the scripture Psalm 133 pictures Aaron's beard and wonderful oil flowing down from it as a picture of intoxicating, potently fragrant unity that we barely know or understand on the earth at the minute. And speaking to a lot of people as I do, what I say speaking to, a lot of people contact me um, positively, negatively. One of the things I notice is the way... The fickle nature, the the unstable, fickle nature of man, which is one of the reasons why Jesus said that he didn't ever entrust himself in John 1, I think it is. He didn't entrust himself to man because he knew what was in man. He knew what was in a man's heart. We experience on a regular, weekly if not daily basis, people walking into our lives praising this is why we must we must guard against the praise and rejection of man both are snares both are pitfalls storming into your life praising thanking um giving finance wanting to build a relationship and then literally weeks later attacking slating withdrawing um Sometimes with bluster, sometimes with silence. But the point remains that that is not not the family of God. That is not the way that God works or leads by his spirit. That's not what happened with Peter at Claudius or the way that Claudius related to Peter. It's just not the way, it's it's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you, if you're listening to me this morning, thank you for listening, that... In answer to the question, who would stand? The simple answer is those covered by the blood of the Lamb, those who are marked by the blood of Jesus, slain at Calvary. Those, in other words, who are in Christ. Paul's favourite phrase over 70 times in the New Testament, are you in Christ today? If you're in Christ today and you're marked for the day of redemption by the Spirit of God, you're being led into all truth, as Jesus promised in John 16, then listen. Listen how we relate and articulate to brothers and sisters at this time, particularly those whose heads are being put above the parapet in order to proclaim and trumpet and herald biblical truth, how you're relating to those types of people. I'm not just talking about us. I'm talking about others in the body of Christ in different countries of the world is so, so telling. And if you are treating those kind of people, those kind of brothers, or, e- or even those who aren't, so you're just treating with contempt brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm telling you, you're not preparing to stand. That's not to say that you won't fundamentally stand when he comes, because if you're in Christ, that's it. You are in Christ. But the Bible also pictures and describes um, a sense in which it will, be, it will be more tolerable, it will be more bearable on certain on that day when he comes for some than it will, it will be more for others. And that's, and that's pictured in, in terms of those who will experience worse degrees of suffering as those who aren't in Christ, those who experience the judgment of God. But I think there's a principle as well for those who are in Christ, which is that you can be in Christ and waste your life, you can be in Christ and constantly grieve the spirit of god and still be in Christ and still know um and still know a heavenly home at the end of the age but our standing when jesus comes i think is so closely related to how we relate and articulate ourselves with fellow believers and if you procrastinate over emails and suggest meeting up every year but never do, if you storm into people's lives when it suits you, and even talk about it being the Holy Spirit that's led you to do that, and then you storm out a few months or maybe a few years later as though it was also the Holy Spirit doing that, it's not reflective of the kingdom of God. God doesn't mean us to be cynical. He doesn't mean us to be lost in this kind of, well, I'm in my mid-50s, mid-60s now, and I'm just a bit older and a bit cynical No, he wants us to have a brimming hope in the knowledge of his grace. Only by grace can I enter. Only by grace can I stand. Not by our human endeavour, but by the blood of the Lamb. Into your presence you call us. You call us to come. And into your presence you draw us. And now by your grace we come, now by your grace we come. Will we, will we prioritise his presence and prayer and in that place be transformed into his likeness? Putting no, as Paul said, putting no confidence in the flesh. Lord, if you marked our transgressions, who would stand? Are you being prepared to stand? Are you being trained by the Spirit of God to stand? Are you neglecting, resisting that training? Thanks to your grace, we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb who would stand. Lord, our desire is to stand, not just when you come, but before you do. Like, like Paul wrote in Ephesians 6, to stand, after having done everything, to stand. And Lord, I pray that where that training unto standing looks different with each of us, that you would cause each and every one of us to be so keenly attuned to your voice at this time that we wouldn't miss what your specifics are to us. Whatever it is that you're putting your finger on, whatever it is that you're leading us away from, whatever it is that you're leading us toward, whoever, whoever it is that you're leading us to or away from, Lord, I pray that there would be the fragrance of life, triumphal procession. That you lead us in Lord Jesus and I pray particularly for those today who are responding, ourselves included, to the traumas, the tremors, the seismic disturbance, the subterranean disruption at this time. I pray Lord that you would cause us to more widely spread the fragrance of you being led in triumphal procession Lord rather than... A sense of our own instability and regression, or that we would, in one sense, spread abroad both the fragrance of death to those who are perishing, but that there would be also to those who are being made new, the fragrance of life spread abroad. And that where there is this colossal clash between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven, truth and folly, Christ and Antichrist, Lord, I pray that Your people would have an awareness of the preciousness. And of the security of being in Christ, in the blood of the Lamb, covered by the blood of the Lamb. Lord, if you marked our transgressions, who would stand? None of us. Lord, you've redeemed us, you've removed our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. Lord, I pray that that would would result in such wonderful fruit, particularly within kin, particularly within those who call themselves brothers and sisters in Christ at this time, I pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.